They reject God, and then God turns around to reject them. Only then do they get outraged that God would reject them. Doesn't make sense, does it? Let's talk about that next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Fascinating how so many would say it's okay for us to reject God, but God forbid he should reject us. And after all, we do have free will, right? As we learned last time we were together, yes, we do have free will, but you know what? God also has a free will. He's a tad bit bigger than we are. So where does that leave us? Well, today on Truth For Today, we continue our study of John chapter 12, verses 37 through 50, the divine rejection of the rejecters. For more, here's Pastor Phil Howard with this edition of Truth For Today. Let me make a little defense since I get paid to defend God. Uh, I hear this a lot because I, I'd be known as a Calvinist, but I, I'm really pre-Calvin. I'm Paul. I'm Jesus. I just think God's sovereign. I think God's in charge. So I don't sweat elections and a lot of other stuff. He's going to have his way. He's going to have his way. I really believe that. Some of you don't. Too bad. Read your Bible. But here's what I hear a lot. People saying, I hear this line. Well, you know, I've got a free will. I don't buy that stuff. God tells you what to do. I'm free. I'm free. Yes, you are, honey. You really are. Yeah, you, you're so free. Yep, you know, I, I'm no, no uh, divine fiat makes me do whatever. I, I may, I'm self-governing. I'm autonomous. I choose what I want. I'm, I do. Well, I, you know what? All right. Write it to the bank, honey. You got it. Now, let me tell you something you might not have heard of. He's got free will. Got quiet, see. He's got a free will. God. And uh, he said to Pharaoh, I'll have mercy on who I want to have mercy on, and I'll have withhold mercy on who I want to, because I'm free. Come on, I want to fight with you right now. Let's have it out. I'm representing him. I don't care about your little free will. Whose will is the strongest? And God owes everybody justice, and you will get justice. Right? You want justice, you wait till you stand before God. There ain't no lawyers can touch this God. He knows the law through it. He wrote it. And he's going to judge, and there'll be perfect righteousness, and there won't be any crooked lawyers there. The truth is the only thing that will show up in his court. No, because he know he's got the record. He just flip it up every thought you've ever had against him, everything you've ever wanted to do, everything you ever did do. Here, I got all the evidence. I've had my private eyes on your case ever since you were born, and we know what you've been up to. But you see, I I promise you justice, but I don't promise you mercy. I don't have to save anybody. I don't care if you like that or not. That's what he says. I am sovereign. 
Matter of fact, Israel is my example. I don't care if you hate Jews or not. I love them. I chose them. And all you Gentiles want to drive them into the sea. I asked a Jewish friend of mine who grew up in Brooklyn, what did you think of Gentiles as you grew up? I always assumed you would kill me whenever you got a chance. He said, that's what I grew up thinking. And I'm afraid he's been right. Many would. But God, God is sovereign. And God says, uh, I can give my salvation, show my mercy to whomever I will, and I can withhold it. And now right there, we get mad and say, you can't be that way. I didn't approve that. Did I say you could do that, God? No. But, you know, I had a personality before I met you. I acted certain ways before you came on the scene. I have sovereign laws in place. And then, let me tell you, when you reject my son, I have every right to sentence you and damn you forever. And I quote to you from Jonathan Edwards' great sermon on the justice of God and the damnation of the wicked. And it goes like this. He says, uh, if God were to judge you for rejecting him, it is just with God to eternally cast off and destroy sinners. For this punishment was promised in Eden. It was promised by the law. And two things bring you to judgment. Your sinfulness and his sovereignty. The fault of disobeying another is greater or less as anyone is under greater or less obligations to obey him. And therefore, if there be in any being that we are under infinite obligations and honor and obey, the contrary towards him must be infinitely faulty. He was strong that said hell was eternal. And this is why. Uh, today, people are annihilationists. Hell's not forever. Edwards argued strongly for it, and so did Jesus. And it was this way, that a sin against an infinite being brings an infinite penalty. You're not just sinning against another human being. You're not just sinning against the state. You are sinning against the sovereign potentate of the universe who said, I will sentence you if you choose to rebel against me. I'll bring death. I'll bring banishment. I'll bring separation. By the way, I'm well aware no one attends to church anymore to hear this kind of preaching because it's biblical. But you know me. I could care less. If only God and I are here, that's all I got to please. Right? That's right. I'm in a dangerous vocation. Many of the prophets have already been killed. So God would be just and righteous to judge you for the following reasons. First of all, your past life, how you've lived with the light you had. You've known a lot. You may have been exposed a lot. The very fact you're in church, you're in a very small number. You've heard, heard the truth many times, but you've used your mouth, your body, your mind, your eyes, your ears to go against his law and to go against his will. You've coveted. You've hated your parents. 
You fail to honor them. Pride, stubbornness, an unforgiving spirit, judgmental. You've been sensual, immoral. You've sinned against your wife. You've sinned against your husband. You've sinned against your children. You've been unmerciful to others. He has every right to damn such people. Then the way you've treated God himself, you've never loved God. This is what he's going to say to the wicked. You've never loved me anyway. So I've created a place that you will never be bothered by my love. You've only wanted me to do things for you. You never wanted me. Uh, you've, you've always cared. For, you've tried to make me into a heavenly Santa Claus to run to your every whim and desire. You've slighted me. You've used my name in vain. You've damned many people in my name. You've striven with your maker. The clay has told the potter, you can't do so and so. You have blamed God. You've blamed him for deaths, for divorces, for pain. He's the blame boy. You, you've justified being angry at him. You've left this church because you got mad at somebody and you blame God. Oh, you don't love him anyway. Why would you be surprised if he judges you and damns you? And then what you've done with his son. If you knew the only refuge from fire and sulfur and hail and rocks and mountains was only one refuge, and God offered that refuge, and then you refused to go into it, you refused to run to it, he has every right to let all the judgment he has pronounced fall on you, for he has only one hiding place from his judgment. And that is a son that you have said no to, that you despise, that you don't want. Why would he not judge you? He provided the way of escape, and you've rejected his best offer. God will be just to sentence you forever to be banished. He will judge you for how you've treated others. You've lied to them. You've misused them. You've resented their blessings. You've damned them. You've tried to influence many of them for evil. You introduced them to evil. You've been careless as to your salvation, the way you've treated yourself. You're careless. You, you're not taking the call of Jesus that, come to me while there is light. Come while there's light. And you can become a son of light, for it's going to get dark dark, dark. And I must say, there is a pessimism in America today that it is getting darker. It's not the country many of us were born in. And how could it be? Evil gets worse, not better. It's getting dark. I often say as a boy growing up in Richmond, I grew up mainly with whites and blacks in Richmond in the 40s. And 50s. But if you were downtown McDonald's shopping on the weekend like everybody seemed to do, pour out of the projects and shop downtown Richmond, it seemed no matter whether you were white or black in those days, you knew that behind that face, 
that was probably a praying mother or a praying grandmother because you had southern roots, you had midwestern roots, you, you had roots that said, somebody back there knows God. Today, they're no longer back there. Your mama's strung out on drugs and your daddy you don't know. And so we don't have anything to talk to. But angry young people that said, my daddy doesn't want me and my mama's strung out. So they're just as pagan, as lost as ever. And by the way, if you don't look at me right, I'll kill you. White and black. It's not locked into a color anymore. Don't mess. I'm angry. I don't like you. And I don't care if you like me. Say, son, did anyone ever tell you about the love of God? What do you mean someone tell No, they told me where the crack dealer was. They told me where I can get meth. They told me my mama's sleeping with more men than I can count. No, there's nobody back there that believes this. That's old fogey religion. That went out with sweet potato pie. That's not around anymore. We're in a pagan area in the Bay Area. And it's getting darker in the world. There's Islamist plans to drive Israel into the sea. There's many believe Antichrist is coming out of Islam like we used to believe it's coming out of communism. There will be some religious fanatic in the last days that will rise up, make a covenant with Israel, promise them peace, and in the middle of it says, no, you must worship me. Set up his image in the mosque of Omar and demand you worship me. Take my mark of the beast or I will kill you and he will kill millions. It's coming. It's coming to a pagan world that has said, we don't want your damn Christ. Take him for somebody else. We'd rather go to hell than ever own Christ and you will go. God will not be mocked by your rejection. You are the loser. You're going to hell without Christ. And we need to unleash our mouths and quit trying to try to put uh, salve on cancer. You could put methylate and band-aids on cancer. But honey, you got to get a doctor that can come in and change your heart, change your disposition. And Christ alone can change America. We need to be born again. We need to turn back to God. We're not just sick. We're crazy with a fever. And the church gets colder throughout America. It's, it's political, but it's not evangelistic. It get all into politics, but it doesn't get into hang out hangers or in, inviting anybody. Because you know what? We don't want to be disliked. We want to look cool and good and let them go to hell. Don't tell me you love a man that you won't try to rescue. Don't tell me you love him. And don't tell me you love a God that would empty the throne of heaven to come down to the ghetto of this universe when we wouldn't walk across the street to tell a man Jesus loves you. He's knocking. He's knocking. I'm asking you to come before it's too late. But we've quit believing it's too late. The 120 years is running out. From 1445 B.C. to the cross to today, God has been begging Israel, come to me. About, two, about 32 A.D., he started reaching out to us Gentiles. He's been waiting for Israel over 3,500 years. Why don't you come to me? Why do you say I'm not good enough? 
Why? I, I can see. I can walk. I can save. You don't have to hold me up, Israel. You need me. We don't want you. We want missiles. We want armies. And we want atheism. But we don't want the God of Abraham. And they are now a trembling cup. Zechariah said. And the nations are ready to pounce and eliminate him. Only God's good hand keeps them alive. And America... Don't quote me Thomas Jefferson and all of our founding fathers as though we've got immunity from judgment. What makes us immune? We are not immune when sex is on every corner, when drugs are everywhere, when same-sex marriage is illegal, when that's what the Supreme Court... You mean you're wrestling with whether it's right for a man to marry a man and we'll call it a marriage... And the culture doesn't care. Let them do whatever they want. And God is saying, that's just what I'm doing. I'm going to let you do more than you ever imagined. Because the judgment of God on sin is more sin. Someone was telling me about Vallejo. Uh, they're down to so few policemen in Vallejo. A man was telling me that, uh, I, and I know my own family needed police help. Uh, I think there's two. The, the policemen are locked up in the police department with all the bars. They're more afraid to go on the streets. And guess what? They're, they're not touching prostitution. They're not uh, touching guys that are raping girls, selling girls. And venereal disease is going off the chart. It's escalating in Vallejo. It's out of sight. Guess what? You want sin? You want sex? You want irresponsibility? I'll let you die of age. I'll let you die of syphilis. I'll let you die with children being born. I will give you up to do and have a party until you go to hell. Let us wake up. This is what's going on in America. It's going on in our backyard. I can't walk in Richmond where I grew up. White or black, I'm a threat to be killed. But what bothers me is some of you've heard enough to be saved. And you're still as stubborn as the religious rulers. You haven't done enough to win me. You haven't done enough to win me. And God's going to finally say, I've done enough. Now I'm going to harden you because you wouldn't accept my offer. I'll make it so you will never see it again. I remember a pathetic story told. And it was told about a preacher you don't know, W.A. Criswell, a famous preacher in Dallas. First Baptist used to be the largest church in the world, 25,000 when Criswell was there. And at his 25th anniversary, a lawyer showed up and came up to Criswell and was congratulating him on the 25 years, famous pulpit, and Criswell was famous in Dallas. And he came up to him, and he's congratulating uh, Criswell. And he said, you know what, Criswell? He said, 25 years ago, I moved to Dallas, and I was a young law student, and I used to come to First Baptist to hear you because you were such an orator, and you were such a, uh, a presence. I used to try to learn from your presentation. And he said, wow, what a powerful preacher you were in those days. He said, I've got to tell you something. There were times you almost had me. But he said, you know what? I can hear you anytime now and you can't get to me. You, you don't reach me anymore. 
And I think you're a better preacher today than you were then. You've gotten better. But I've learned to turn it off. And what he was announcing is, some of you've got just enough religion to be inoculated from getting the real thing. You, you just, you know the church language, you know church lingo, but you know you're still lost. What God wants you to do is become infected. You need to get the real disease. You need to start running the temperature for God. You just got enough to say, they can't reach me anymore. Go ahead, preacher, try it. No, 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 no. Hear me, hear me. At the judgment of God, if you leave, even today, if you leave next week or yesterday, and you don't want God, God says, I'll give you my word. I'll meet you at the judgment and say, I'm giving you exactly what you wanted. I've blinded your eyes. I've hardened your heart. I've shut your ears. And the hell is your home. And that's the way it will be. And I will be a just and a righteous God that no one did more to keep you from going there than me. But it's your choice because you're free will. And so you can have your choice. How are you choosing? What have you chosen? Do you know Christ? Are you willing to go another day saying, whew, he almost got to me today. If I did, you better be thankful to God that he was tugging at your heart. Because I fear for you if you weren't tugged at and you don't know him. You know, I don't know why God gave me more than one chance to be saved, but he did. There's a famous missionary motto that goes this way. Why should anyone get to hear the gospel twice when half the world has never heard it once? Why is God still talking to you? What will it take? Well, I'll say this. You will walk into eternity just from today, and this message and the words of Christ will be enough to explain why you'll never be in heaven. If you want to go to heaven, you must receive Jesus Christ. I've said it for 41 years from this pulpit. It's no secret. And I'm not mad. I am stirred inside of why you would rather go to hell than you would to come to Jesus. The stubbornness of the human heart is the most baffling thing we deal with. And we are a stubborn people. Only God can save you, not this preacher. But this may, you may have heard God today. He may have whispered to you. If you heard it, if you felt it, I want to tell you with everything in my being, I wouldn't turn it off. When he quits talking to you, it's over. In John chapter 20, Verses 30 and 31, he writes, Therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, he says, these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And at the end of the day, that's what our series through the book of John is all about, that you would believe that you would have life in his name. You have questions? We might have some answers. If not, we definitely have access to the one who does through prayer. 
We'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to get in touch with us. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, maybe you'd like to listen to today's program again or obtain the entire series, well, feel free to get a hold of us at 855-833-9864. Again, that's a toll-free call, 855-833-9864. Otherwise, you can visit our website, valleybible.org. We have resource materials available there, books, as well as information about who we are and what we believe. If you'd like to join us for worship at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our service time and location and directions can all be found again at valleybible.org. Or if you wish to speak with someone again, call 855-833-9864. Now, if you are writing to us, especially if you are planning to be a TFT sustainer, supporting the ministry financially as you're being blessed day by day here from Truth For Today, well, you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. Now, as a TFT sustainer, we'd like to remind you that no gift is too small, no gift is too large. And as you partner with us, please remember that your tax-deductible donation all goes back into the ministry, 100%. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, our annual special gift, and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. Plus, also the benefit of knowing that this ministry will continue here on KFAX Monday through Friday as well as Sunday. So contact us today, 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 